Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So we've got some brand new information that you need to know. Well, assuming that you have a bank account, especially if you're one of with one of these regional banks, there's another risk, another systemic risk that nobody is talking about. Well, a couple people. Got to give them credit where credit is due. So let's dive into this new risk, see if we can connect some dots and determine the probabilities of this creating a bigger problem into the near future. So let's go right over to one of my favorite podcasts. And this is from a guy named Jack Farley. Uh, let's see, where are we here? There it is. And uh, his podcast is called Forward Guidance. I, I cannot suggest it enough. This was a recent episode with a banking expert by the name of Chris Whalen. So I want you to listen to this clip and and let's try to think through what the, the ramifications of what they're talking about. This is really interesting. Lenders. There are a lot of mortgage lenders that will not do business in New York. Uh, if they So just to preface right there, they're talking about the difference between California and New York. And Jack was kind of making a joke saying, well, you know, at least you're not in California. At least you're not doing business in California. And he said, well, actually, I'd rather do business in California than New York. He wasn't saying that California is good, but he's saying that New York is a lot better. And Jack's saying, well, why? And he says, because in California, at least you can foreclose on people that aren't paying their bills, that aren't paying their mortgage. And I guess in New York, that's very, very difficult to do. And then they go into this discussion about rent control and how a lot. So, so we think about rent control from a standpoint of just residential housing. And that's kind of where the thought process ends. But what we have to start doing is thinking about rent control in terms of a bank's balance sheet. And if we have more and more rent control, which we're seeing, then how does that impact a bank's balance sheet? More specifically, the asset side of their balance sheet, if they have to sell that and take a massive haircut. And this gets really fascinating. Now, let me go back to the clip here. Pick up conventional assets from New York. They sell them. That's not good. There's a 10-point difference between non-performing loans in New York and California. Because you can foreclose them for California, but you can't in New York. I didn't know that. Is that why Signature, uh, the failed Signature Bank, is that why their assets are having trouble being sold? No, it's a more complicated matter. Yes, the rent control legislation that was passed in 2019 is not helpful. But more importantly, you know, the whole uh, category of rent-controlled real estate is now out of luck because Signature was one of the few banks that were willing to lend on it, that was willing to provide letters of credit and other services for the landlords that own those properties. They don't want anything to do with it. Uh, Flagstar bought the non-rent-controlled assets. They offered to service the rest of it, uh, but nobody wants to own those assets. That's a, tr that's a problem. FDIC actually kept the majority. And before we go on, let me also point out that commercial real estate, the prices are set at the margin, just like residential. And you guys hear me talking about this constantly, where with residential, we've got 140 million homes, roughly, let's say in the United States. But the price, the value of all those homes is determined basically on the 500,000 that are currently for sale and where they trade. So if the 500,000 that are currently for sale, just using ballpark numbers right there, let's say they trade for $100,000 less than their ask price. Okay, well, what happens to the comps? Then you have to reprice or revalue the entire housing stock. 
the other 140 million that aren't for sale. Okay. Well, he was saying that number one problem is signature was one of the only lenders. Okay. So that's a big, big issue for all of those landlords that have to roll over that debt. Where do they go? And even if they can find a bank at what price, especially when, if there is another bank that is willing to lend, therefore, most likely they have some of these assets on their balance sheet. They realize that because of the fire sale with signature, that those assets are worth quite literally pennies on the dollar for where they loan. So as an example, let's say you've got XYZ Bank that decided to do some of this lending into rent-controlled properties because the margins were good. They see Signature doing it. They've got to keep up with the Joneses, et cetera. So then what happens is they're saying, okay, well, I lent out a billion dollars. So therefore, this loan on my books is worth a billion dollars plus interest or however they're doing the calculation. But what happens is if Signature Bank goes by, obviously they did, but when they sell those assets, now when those assets actually go into the market to where we see a market price and it's not priced at a billion, it's priced at 20 million. <laughs> you see what happens here? Then all of a sudden that bank has to look at that billion dollar asset and they have to market way down, way down. And this could impact any bank's balance sheet that was stupid enough to lend on this rent control. But even without that, you still have a huge problem here because notice what he said, that a lot of these laws came into effect when? In 2019. So think about this. If you're a bank and you lent on this uh, multifamily complex, let's say you, meant to my, you lent to my good buddy, Kenny McElroy, and Kenny McElroy was doing a project in Oklahoma. Everything's good. It's a red state. They're landlord friendly for the time being. And this is a great project. And Kenny's got 25 years of experience. This is a complete no-brainer. So the bank lends Kenny, let's just say, $100 million. But then what happens is you get some left-leaning politician that comes into Oklahoma and says, oh, no, 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 no. We need rent control. So now all of a sudden they, they institute rent control on that property that Kenny just developed. Okay, great. Well, on your books, it's still worth $100 million. But if you go to sell that thing, it ain't, you're, you ain't getting $100 million for that now because it's under rent control. And because it's a rent control property, nobody wants it for obvious reasons. It's like no landlords want to be involved with rent control, but no banks do either. Because if they get that asset on the books or if that asset changes in its characteristics, then all of a sudden you take a massive haircut. Then it goes back to the question as to why did Signature, why did First Republic, why did Silicon Valley Bank go bust to begin with? Because they had to take massive write-downs on the asset side of their balance sheet when they were forced to sell those assets into the market because of the stupidity on the liability side of their balance sheet. So it's not just about commercial real estate. That Everyone knows about that. But we have to look, scratch beneath the surface here and understand that there's way more risk out there that these politicians, these central planners, and these authoritarians have created over the last couple of years. And in my opinion, will continue to create, especially if consumer prices continue to go up, i.e. housing, because the politicians are going to try to ride in on their white horse 
they're going to try to be the arsonist and the firefighter. They just, the arsonist stuff, they just sweep that under the rug. They try to come in on their white horses, the firefighter saying, we've got the problem. We'll save you, average Joe and Jane. We know that you're getting crushed by the cost of rent. You're getting crushed by the cost of housing. And we know it's all because of those greedy landlords and those greedy entrepreneurs and capitalists. That's the only reason that you are suffering. So we'll stick it to the man and we'll come in and we'll just institute rent control and that'll solve all the problems. We'll just make it illegal for them to raise your rents. And then the average Joes and Janes say, yay, yay, woohoo, good, 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 good. I like this policy. And then what happens is the bank sees that and it inevitably, well, not inevitably, but it could lead to the catalyst, the straw that breaks the camel's back for another round of bank failures. It's all about the unintended consequences. Or in today's day and age, maybe those consequences are actually intended. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Let's go right over to a Wall Street Journal article that talks about this exact same thing. I'm going to do a quick screen share. Okay. And actually, this is from Market Watch. Excuse me. It's just under my Wall Street Journal subscription. So rent-stabilized housing in focus as bids for $33 billion signature bank portfolio comes due. So this is what Jack was referring to when he was talking about the problems that Signature Bank is having or the FDIC is having in selling some of their assets. That's why I use that FDIC in the thumbnail because what happens is when the bank goes bust like Signature they go over into the control of the FDIC and the FDIC tries to sell their assets at the highest value possible. Now, what's really interesting, and we're going to get to this, get into it in this article, is the FDIC actually takes a little bit of an equity position. So I, I don't know how, uh, you know, I, I don't know how that incentive structure works. And I, I don't know that uh, I, I don't know that that isn't a, a conflict of interest Let's say <laughs> we'll park that for a moment. So they say when the Federal, uh, when the FDIC uh, in March seized 33.2 billion of assets from New York City, yeah, 32, 33.2 billion on paper. What they're finding out now that that 33.2 billion looked great on an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> it looked great on their uh, on their QuickBooks uh, um, financial statement their uh, their balance sheet, but in the real world, those are just fictitious numbers. Those are just 
those are just fugazis that they made up themselves that the market or the market would beg to differ. The market would value that portfolio at way less than 33 billion. And that's what they're finding out now. And one of the main reasons, again, is because of that rent control. So the assets from New York's uh, signature bank after it failed, the banking regulator also inherited a tangled web of about 15 billion of loans, mostly what? Rent stabilized or rent controlled buildings in New York City. Some in the industry have taken to calling those loans, these are their words, not mine, toxic, just like the subprime mortgage-backed securities were in uh, 2008 during the GFC, or the subprime mortgages themselves, not just the mortgage-backed securities. Now the FDIC is set to wrap up a protracted sale, the lender's remaining commercial real estate assets, the same pool that New York Community Bank Corp declined to buy in March. So yeah, they're putting it on their balance sheet as being worth, let's say, $10 billion. And they're getting no bid. No bid. Like zero. Like no one even wants it. That's how toxic these rent control assets actually are. And then again, we can't just sit there and look at the world the way it is today. We have to take and understand the trajectory, where the trend is headed. And in my opinion, the trend is headed towards more and more and more rent control, possibly even in some, some states that are maybe right-leaning right now. And therefore, you could see this impair many, many, many banks' balance sheets that are that are possibly pristine right now, or at least look that way from surface level, or at least don't have any rent-controlled assets on them. In the future, they could inherit these because of the change in regulation. And if they have to sell that, then all of a sudden, their equity, poof, gone, just like we saw in March of 2023. It's, it's literally the exact same process, but with different types of assets. Signature Bank went big, lend, went big lending, I think there's a typo there, went big on the lending to landlords focused on reaping windfalls from New York City's notoriously contentious rent-stabilized market and rent-controlled market. Well, we saw what that did to them. I mean, my goodness gracious, they tried to get greedy and get that higher return, but now what they're finding out is liquidity matters. And uh, boy, oh boy, they're having to learn the hard way here, aren't they? And unfortunately, this will impact pretty much every single bank that has this toxic sludge on their balance sheet because they're going to have to get rid of this. And whatever price they sell these assets for, that's where the other banks that have this stuff on their balance sheet, that's the level that they're going to have to reprice those assets on their balance sheet. And who knows, that could, that could throw them right into insolvency. So they did this with an estimated 3,000 buildings representing 80,000 doors. Here's a quote from New York State Department of Financial Services. These notes, loans, are understood by the industry to be problematic, as advocates have made clear for years. Unintended consequences, guys. We have to look at these politicians through that lens. We can't just sit there and listen to what they say, or we can't sit there and focus on the intentions of some regulation. Look, the intentions of rent control is to lower housing costs for poor middle class. But the results of rent control means higher costs, worse product, less supply. And now what we're seeing, possibly a catalyst 
that could create or lead to more bank failures. Here is where they talk about the management fee that the FDIC takes. And uh, I'm 99% sure that includes sometimes taking that equity position. So I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but just that's another area that's just ripe for fraud. I mean, look, you're, you're giving the FDI a centralized power, all this control. And I realize that technically they're not a government agency, but come on. I mean, that's like saying the Fed isn't a government agency. Oh, they're a private bank. Really? I mean, come on. Who's pulling the strings here? So with the FDIC, it's this centralized agency that has all this power, all this control. And you don't think that that's going to be leveraged by some of these politicians or people at the top for their own financial gain? Of course it is. But getting back to the article, Galley, which is, I think, an analyst here, they're saying, uh, or he or she is saying, expects bidding to be frothy for the higher quality parts of the portfolio, but said he also has received surprisingly, okay, this guy works with FDIC and he's trying to parse through this auction process and trying to determine how much demand there is for certain assets within this portfolio. That's what's going on here. And he said that he has also received surprisingly few increase about bidding on the rent stabilized assets. So the bottom line here, guys, is this is something that we need to watch very carefully. And in the future, when we hear politicians talk about rent control or price controls in general, because I think that's headed our way here within the next, let's say, three to five years, we need to understand that this doesn't just impact landlords. This doesn't just impact renters, but it, put, but it could possibly be a black swan for the entire banking system. Moral of the story, there are a lot of unintended consequences to whatever regulation that these politicians put forth, and we need to be constantly cognizant. We need to be hyper-focused on those unintended consequences. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. And if you're interested in seeing more of the most recent topics we've discussed right here on this channel, Josh, put them in a playlist right about here. We'll see you in the next video.